everyone. This is Kyle Wildner Higney, host of the Outcomes Rocket Pharma podcast. And today I have the pleasure of welcoming Amy West back to the show. Amy is head of U.S. Digital Transformation Innovation at Novo Nordisk. She leads Novo Nordisk in identifying transformational digital opportunities and breakthrough innovations that enhance patient healthcare experiences and outcomes. She oversees opportunity exploration, testing, and market validation through Novo Nordisk's internal incubator, as well as with partnerships, including startups, entrepreneurs, and third-party accelerator and incubators to test pilots and scale viable solution. She has over 25 years of strategic marketing and business development experience, including work in both the client and agency environments across a broad range of disciplines. She is a 2018 M Top 40 Healthcare Transformer. In 2013, she was awarded the PM360 Trailblazer Award in the diabetes metabolic disease category. Amy, welcome back to the show. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Amy, maybe to kick things off, tell me a little bit about yourself. What drew you to working in the pharmaceutical value chain? Sure. So it, it really kind of goes back to something I'd shared on an earlier uh, podcast that I did with you guys a couple months ago, but it really speaks to the fact that I, you know, I'm a patient just like we all are. And when it comes to whether or not you're working in the healthcare space or not, you you are a patient and you have your experiences. And I think the engaging in the healthcare ecosystem never been like a wonderful, pleasant experience. There's a lot of red tape, a lot of a uh, lot of challenges there, and it can be very frustrating. And I'm actually going through some things now with my aging parents and trying to manage their sort of journey right now, even you know being being a couple states away, it's 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 very challenging. And there's a lot of opportunity to make that experience better when we think about what's happening with digital virtual data disruption. And it's we're seeing a lot of it, obviously, with um what we've been through with COVID, that acceleration has really yep. taken off. But I would say that we've got a lot of work to do because there's still with all with all that progress, it's clunky. It's still not really working the way we need it to, but there's a lot of opportunity there. And that's why it's kind of those two things that, that make me really passionate. Being a patient myself and, and being a caregiver um, to others who are patients, but then also seeing that this opportunity that we have with innovation, whether it's technology or a combination of high tech and traditional there are ways that we can make engagement in the healthcare ecosystem so much better, so much more productive, and so much more efficient from a, a time, resource, and, and money and cost standpoint. So trying to find those solutions, are, it's what really excites me and what I'm really passionate about and what I have the honor and pleasure of, of leading at Nova Nordisk for our, our U.S. organization. I love that. You know, thinking about ways to leverage technology to really focus around the patient and make a better experience for them, right? Because at the end of the day in healthcare, it's all about the patient or at least should be, right? Yeah. And I think we we all mean that. We all say that. But when you really get down to the nuts and bolts, a lot of the times the approaches that we take really, there's so many factors to include. I think sometimes when the business considerations come into it, the logistical considerations come into it, the resource considerations yeah. come into it, the patient need really gets lost at times. And I think that's kind of where we are. We are. We're kind of at this, this precipice right now trying to, to really tip that point back to really how do we really 
build an opportunity, uh, a regimen, pharmacotherapy and services that are going to really meet the needs of the end user first, and then all the benefits to the broader ecosystem will follow. Yep. I love that. Focus on the patient. And so tell me about what's most exciting kind of today in your day-to-day work. What are you focused on at Novo Nordisk? Sure. So um, again, my area of focus is not really in anything that's going to deliver a solution in the next couple of years. We're really looking at that longer term disruptive area of innovation when we think about all the changes that are impacting healthcare and the demands that we're seeing from our customers. So what I'm you know looking to do is really kind of in some ways take off the Novo Nordisk pharmaceutical manufacturer's hat and see what is the true pain point of our end user customer and how do we how do we develop and experiment with hypothetical solutions that are going to meet the needs of the customer potentially beyond pharmacotherapy mm-hmm. and so that's where you know thinking about when i think about the place that i'm coming from with Novo Nordisk we are a, a very strong portfolio in diabetes obesity chronic metabolic disease areas that there are so many great medications, pharmacotherapies, solutions that are life-saving and you know important. But these disease states are very behaviorally based as well. And so medication alone isn't going to be enough to get us to the right end state, the, the right quality of life for the individual and the right outcome for those in the ecosystem who are paying for this stuff. So, you know, how do we think beyond uh, pharmacotherapy? And um, I would say that obviously the traditional business model for pharmaceutical companies is to manufacture and sell medication and, you know, pharmacotherapy. But now there is this strong impetus to move beyond the proverbial pill. And that's coming from a couple of different consideration sets. This is really where my team is, is focusing. So, It's based on these notions that medicine alone is not enough for the patients to achieve their optimal clinical outcomes and improve quality of life, particularly in these chronic health disease states. Another notion is that, you know, beyond the pill services are becoming an important element of achieving differentiation in a very competitive market. They become essential because many of our pharmaceutical products are not highly differentiated from their competitors, you know, based on the clinical data alone. So these adjunct and support services can enhance the value and provide a competitive edge for the product potentially into the future. And then really thirdly, it's, you know, our our pharmaceutical pipelines are are being challenged. Beyond the pill offerings can deliver um, new and diverse value and potentially new sources of revenue that we can then invest into future innovation. We really only need to look at what's happening in other parts of the healthcare system where digital leaders that weren't your traditional healthcare players like the Amazons and Googles are really seizing these opportunities to develop virtual platforms for personalized, convenient patient communication and coordination. They're not playing in the pharmacotherapy space, but they're playing in the service space because they know that that is an integral part of getting to the right outcomes. And um, I would also say we can also look at, you know, there's a lot of disruptive alliances that are happening in this space too, like the merger of CVS and Aetna, where they are really forcing traditional um, healthcare companies to bring patient services to the forefront in addition to the medication. I absolutely love that. You know, this, this subtle but significant transition from pharmaceutical manufacturers just developing these, these great products and assets that have a significant impact 
to ensuring that the patient takes it. And then also, how do we provide wraparound services to really make sure that the patient's health is the key outcome, right? That we're focused on. And it's not just taking a pill. And that's, that's not enough. There can be more that's provided to the patient to ensure that they stay healthy and uh, stay out of the hospital. Yeah. And I would, you know, add there too that, I mean, what, to what you're saying is that the a really important point of this, you know, the service offering again is it has to take a person centric approach in order to deliver the value that the end user is going to recognize, acknowledge and, and use and need, you know, the beyond the pulse solutions cannot just be, it cannot be a, a business solution. It has to, it requires a clear understanding of our, our patient customers' needs. And to get to that, we have to ha- take an empathetic, human-centric, not patient or business-centric approach to develop those services that are going to really meet the needs and the, end the pain point for, for the end user. And that means we have to start with the individual customer's problem to solve first. And as pharma, we have to start thinking of involving our end user patient customers in areas that we never considered before, like get them involved in early clinical trial design, decision-making processes. Obviously, within the confines of the regulatory space, we certainly want to be, we want to be compliant with all that, but we can bring, you know, those mindsets into that development process because they're the ones this is going to have to work for at, at, the, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So it's important to bring them into all these different aspects that are part of the, the pharmaceutical value chain of development. I absolutely love that. And so maybe you could speak a little bit about some of the challenges that you have kind of specifically identified and then some of these wraparound services that you have created to address those challenges. Sure. I mean, obviously there are tons of challenges out there, but when I think <laughs> about the work that my team and I are doing in this sort of disruptive innovation space and looking at, you know, one of the top challenges that we see, you know, challenges are also opportunities, right? So it's this rise of consumerism in healthcare. Again, you know, digital technology has really uh, gone a long way to create these great experiences for people as customers in other industries, whether it is, you know, retail or financial services, travel leisure, all that good stuff. But it really hasn't taken hold in healthcare yet because of the complexities that we have. But there is an expectation that this changes. People want a better healthcare experience. And especially, as I'd mentioned earlier, you know, as we've seen the acceleration of digital and virtual because of COVID, that's not going to go away. And I expect a better experience as, as do our customers. So how do we, how do we respond to that? And how do we acknowledge that and make it easier for them? Because our patients are vulnerable and they're being asked to spend more money towards their healthcare spend. And, you know, pre-COVID, you know, poor patient experience and rising financial burden, you know, necessitated people to be more engaged in their healthcare management and decision-making. But again, that's only accelerated now as we're emerging or we're trying to emerge from this, you know, this COVID haze. But by virtue of this, we're seeing increased engagement by, you know, end users as they're navigating the system, making choices based on personal preference, convenience, and desired experiences. So this, again, this is consumerism. This is an expectation that they're now applying to healthcare. And this is where I see we have a lot of opportunity, but we, and we can learn a lot from those players that are not traditional healthcare, you know, the Amazons and the Googles, because they understand customer expectations and actions 
they know how to use data and insight to create a good experience now and into the future that can support things like, you know, better habits, better behaviors that can support prevention and things like that. And, you know, we're also, there's a lot to be learned also from the telecommunications industry because they're getting into this space. They have a lot of understanding from a, you know, a beat, like a business to consumer point of view. And they're looking to see how can they leverage their technology in the space because they know that they know how their customers what that journey and experience is, and they, they understand speed and they're trying to go for that versus, you know, they're trying to eliminate all the, the red tape and all the things that we're always stumbling around in the healthcare space. So I think yep. taking those, those B to C type of mindsets and applying them in healthcare and transferring that is, is a huge opportunity. And, and that's where, when I think about that challenge of the rise of consumerism, I kind of, you know, how can we leverage digital, mobile, IoT, AI technology, and create what I kind of call this portable ecosystem for the individuals so that we can shift the locus of control from the healthcare clinic setting, who's calling the shots as to when you can come in, when you can talk to the doctor, when you're going to get your lab results, to shifting that control to the patient. Hey, I'm going to engage when, where, and how I want to because of my connectivity in my home environment or you know, because of my remote patient monitoring access or my voice technology, I can now engage in a way that puts me more in control. It's a better experience for me. It's, it's more convenient. It's less intrusive. And it creates a better relationship for me with my healthcare team. Now, I think that we've got a long way to go to get there, but that is sort of, in my mind, my vision for how we can start to really address this rise of consumerism, address the expectations around convenience. You know, I don't want to think about my health all the time because I'm now immediately surrounded by this technology that can capture this information and help coordinate the care that I need without me having to really even do a whole lot. Yeah, it's such a challenging problem, right? Many people are saying you know, how healthcare is uh, archaic technologically and from a consumer experience. But I think there's real, you know, uh, aspects of regulation and complexity around including kind of doctors and decision making. Uh, and patients don't always have all the information necessary to make a decision that it just creates more complexity around how to design a world-class experience. But at the end of the day, this is going to have a outsized impact an individual's life, right? If you, Amy, when you solve this problem, this is going to have a far greater impact than the, you know, the one-click purchase on Amazon through their website. I mean, this is, this is really transformational. What I think what's really interesting too about this concept of portable health is that like everybody's different. And so when you mentioned, you know, the decision-making piece, when we, when we think about digital technology, that's all about collecting data. And there are people that are going to want to have that data so they can use it for better decision-making for their own personal reasons. And then there are the people that they don't want the, they don't want to make the decisions, but you can still right. capture it and give it to your care team or give it to, you know, give it to your doctor, give it to your, your son or daughter that's helping you and let them make the decisions. But the choice is yours because the connectivity is there. And it's going to work for you based on when, where, and how you want to engage. And that's the beauty of it. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big ask. And it's certainly isn't something I'm going to be able to solve on my own. It's going to be, you know, a lot of these players across the ecosystem coming together and working together and kind of 
even displacing some of these sort of siloed business models that we have, it's really going to be an integrated sort of co-creation and collaboration process. It's going to be very interesting to see it, you know, how, how it comes together. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Interesting to say the least, yeah. but it's going to be uh, very exciting nonetheless. And so when you think kind of in the future, right, for Novo Nordisk and from your perspective, how do you think this is going to transition? What are some of those integrated solutions that are going to have to be provided to really support the patient through their healthcare journey? Well, and I think this is where, again, it, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's not a one size fits all. Yep. But it's about, you know, how do we create the connectivity that everybody can benefit from? So, and a lot of it, in some ways, an example I would give is imagine a future where we all live in a smart home or a smart city. And the environment in which we live is, is connected to capture information about us from the time we wake up in the morning to the time we, you know, put our heads down to go to sleep. And, and then even while we're sleeping, the environment around us is capturing this information, whether it's a wearable, it's an environmental sensor of some sort or a robotic type of component or voice technology, but it's going to be a way to capture information across all these different sort of modalities that can then bring it all together and consolidate it in a way that's going to give a data picture of what's happening with me. And then you marry that up with potentially DNA genetic information and, and your social factors, the environment in which you live, and those aspects of who I am as a person, um, again, the social determinants of health. And because those are, those are all things that have an overwhelming influence on, you know, your health, your potential health outcome as well. And so I kind of see it as this, this sort of connected world. The challenges that are part of that, though, is if, if we're collecting this data, you've got to consider the, the privacy elements, the interoperability permissions, those types of things as well. There's a long way to go there. And, and data is a very can be a very tricky, tricky area because then it's like if if this information is being collected, how is it being used? Yep. If it's being used for me, if I truly own my data and I'm giving you access to it, well, am I going to charge you a fee for that because you are now using my information for these reasons? Or is it going to be, you know, the way it is now where I as an individual, in theory, I own my own data, but I have no way to monetize it or own that, it's, it's just kind of out there being used. And we all certainly know that there's a lot of um, sort of the nefarious side of things where people are breaching data yeah. and using it for, for things that are, are going to cause problems. So there, there's a lot to be challenged there. But I think over time, as we advance this and the advancements are really growing exponentially, we'll be able to get to this place that, you know, again, the, the information is going to be collected in a very convenient, ambient way so that we're not having to take so many actions and being so conscientious about what we're doing. And then we can use that information for for different decision-making, whether it's health-related or wellness-related or whatever. Yeah. In this future that you're describing right now, when data is ubiquitous, there's an opportunity to prevent diseases from progressing, right? To really focus in on those individuals and ensure that the right decision is being made to keep them out of the hospital, to keep them from progressing to yeah. a high-cost specialty drug. Any thoughts on that and that transition? Yeah, it's that whole notion of well care versus sick care and or, or health versus sick care. And I definitely think that the industry is 
talking about a lot, you know, prevention and proactivity. However, the reality is the U.S. healthcare ecosystem is still primarily incentivized based on reactive sick and acute care reimbursements. But we are headed toward, I think, a significant paradigm shift more toward that prevention and proactivity model. Right now, it just hasn't been prioritized or compensated. And recently, I attended uh, the Reuters Health Conference, and there was a great quote from Matt Isles, who is the CEO of AHIP, which is the National Association of Health Insurance Plans, you know, the payer side of things. And he said, it's all about moving from sick care to health care, shifting care upstream with preventative health care models. And, you know, payers, the payer bets on the future of the U.S. healthcare care are, are things like leveraging digital to address the social determinants of health, emphasizing preventive care, population health management, and, and whole person health care. And those are all requiring us to think much more holistically about our customers and how we're going to support them, again, beyond just the pharmacotherapy or the pill. We have to do more than that because we can't achieve any of those focus areas or those priorities for those who are paying for it if we don't do that. Yeah, I think that's going to be so critical as the you know, U.S. healthcare system and, and really healthcare in general progresses and tries to move forward. And I think what you just highlighted at this conference is it's going to take collaboration between payers and pharma manufacturers. It's not just one entity or part of the value chain that will be able to solve this. It's really going to have to be a, a group effort. Absolutely. And because the, the current model just is not economically sustainable. And we are going to be looking more toward this predictive, preventive, curative, personalized approach to healthcare. And it's going to require partnership. It's going to require partnerships across pharmaceutical manufacturers, across technology organizations, the startups of the world, and you know, maybe even the B2C companies that are out there. But you know, pharma really has to, I mean, it's, it's a scary space for, for pharma because that's not our model. Right. And But we do have to really think, as pharmaceutical manufacturers, we have to decide if our mission is to provide health or provide medication. And if our mission is to provide health, and I would argue that that's what I'm hearing, then we need to move beyond the pill. And in order to do that, we are going to have to partner and we're going to have to find new models and new ways of working in order to deliver the outcomes and the quality of life and that our customers are expecting. And if we don't do that and we just stay like, we're just going to do, we're just going to stick to pharmacotherapy. We're going to be very, we're going to be very pigeonholed because others are going to take over in those areas that we are not engaging in. And whether or not we want to acknowledge it, you can argue that the, the pharma industry is, is we're in the business of behavior also. It's not just pharmacotherapy. Mm-hmm. And that's an uncomfortable place to be. But when you're playing in these chronic health spaces, where behavior and psychology and habit and routine and social factors come into significant play in your ability to engage in your health and wellness, you have to think about your business differently. I love it. I love it. I'm excited to see that transition. And so, Amy, maybe to wrap things up, if you give us a closing thought. Sure. Well, I would say that, you know, something that I said in the last podcast that I I had with you guys, but I I think about it like every single day. It is a quote that I heard from Peter Diamandis, who is a founder of Singularity University, which is 
this exponential thinking group organization, which I highly recommend everybody look into, about as a bunch of futurists, basically. And he talks about whether it's healthcare or any other major challenge, global challenge that we have, if it's, you know, disparities in food and energy and things like that. The way to address and identify an opportunity is to become enamored of the problem and not the solution. And that's what I try to do every day with my team. We really try to embed ourselves from an empathetic approach. What is the problem of our our customer? What is their pain point? And use that as our North Star to find, you know, to keep us on the path to find the right things that are going to help them and help Nova Nordisk be and, and continue to be a trusted, credible partner when it comes to, you know, health and wellness. And so this idea, again, of of become enamored of the problem, not the solution, that is going to lead us all to success. I love it. Amy, thank you for coming on the show and sharing your expertise and have a wonderful day. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. I really enjoyed talking with you guys and I appreciate the opportunity and stay well and, and hope to speak again. Absolutely. Take care.